it's going to be the, just the two of us today. Vic's driving, and oh. actually, I talked. I asked Mark to take over last night, and he called me, and you know, he said he was agonizing over it. He just asked. He was going to not come today. He said the awful timing was horrible because he had, he he has so much yard work to do because he's been working six days a week and just doesn't have time to take care of things. And I said, man, it's okay. You know, I mean, I if I start coughing and hacking, I'm going to just mute my mic, turn my camera off. I'll tell the guys ahead of time. Um, right. You know, and I mean, it's it's these guys, and we're gonna have a good time. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, we're gonna talk to Vic. Hey, Phil, how's it going, man? I'm good. Yeah. How are you? Doing well. Yes. Doing? Looking forward to uh, to hanging out with you and Kirk and Seb. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. So Seb's um, Seb's Polish, so you have to watch his accent. Sometimes he goes off on one, but he's good. He's all right. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. I'm sure our accents are are pretty funny, you know, to you guys. So it's all good, man. Yeah, to, I mean, to be fair, Seb's English is probably better than ours. So you know, yeah, so's ours. It's okay. You're, we're all yeah. in the same boat here, you know. Yeah, yeah and the the metal dogs are joining us. So nice. <laughs> so that's that's Titch the metal hound, isn't it? Nice. Hey? Yeah. So yeah, it'll be, uh, they'll pop in and pop out every now and again. So that's fine. Good. Sounds good but, to me. Um, well, I'll see how you are, guys. Uh, Seb, nice to meet you, and uh, Kirk. I know you. you okay, nice to meet you too. Yeah, and I, Kirk, I know you got uh, throat surgery, so I know we're not going to be talking a whole lot. But it's nice to meet you both. Nice to meet you too. All right. Well, I guess we will. Um, we will do our uh, lovely intro. And then um, we'll get right into it. Now, I'm, I'm dealing with a, a, a nasty upper respiratory infection. So if there's times where I got to like cough and stuff, I'll mute my mic and, and get myself off the screen. And then uh, so you don't have to see my ugliness um, and me blowing my nose everywhere. Right. Yeah, I know. That's true. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, this is good. Um, we're, I'm excited and uh, we're just going to have a good time, man. Yeah, uh, excellent. All right, so here we go. Hi, this is Steve Grimmett from Steve Grimmett's Grim Reaper. And you're listening to Heavy Metal Horror. See you in hell. I am Montag, Master of Illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, this is Chop Top, and this is the ultimate exit interview. Stay heavy. And you are watching and listening to Heavy Metal Horror. Oh, kitties. We've got a special import tonight. We've got the band Exit Out from the UK. All right, I got Phil and Kirk and Seb. Welcome to Heavy Metal Horror, guys. So, guys, uh, this is great. Um, I think it's the first time we've uh, ever had three people from the same band uh, doing an interview. So, this is pretty exciting for us. Yeah, it's usually quite quite hard to get bass player, I guess. But you know, those bass players <laughs> are kind of tricky, man. I've always had problems with bass players in the bands that I was in. I don't know what is up with that. Yeah, that's probably. Like- it's like the problem with drummers with spinal tap, you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're looking for a new drummer. So, 
you know, if you know someone, because they're, you know, they're doing a sequel. So yeah. excited about that. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, better get a good life insurance policy. You know, that's all I got to say. I will, I guess we'll start, you know, and, and any of you guys can chime in as you want to, to, you know, as you want, I don't want to have to, you know, call back and forth, but as you want to chime in, um, I guess we could just start with some broad questions. Um, like when did you first get into music? Well, I can, Go ahead, I can Phil. say for me, I, I'm, I think I'm the, I don't know, Kurt might be older than me, but I mean, he looks older than me, but you know, he might be older than me, I don't know, but I got into music when I was about 10. So my old man was uh, a massive Clapton fan. Um, yeah, and played me White Room. I remember the that first sort of chord progression, that big power chord G minor hitting me in the chest. And I just turned, I remember turning to him saying, I want a strap. And that was it. You know, that was me hooked then. Um, so, and in fact, I've still got that strap here. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that for me, I was just hooked on guitar and um, it, even more so now on guitar. I'm probably the ultimate guitar geek now, but um, yeah, that was it for me. And then obviously in the nineties, Pearl Jam, you know, we had that infamous month, you know, with Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, Nirvana, all those. And that that's when I sort of drifted towards the heavier side and then Pantera and everything else, you know. And yeah, it was cool. So it was a cool time in music. Very cool. <laughs> Excellent. How about you, Seb? Um, I started from the earliest age, really. My dad always played guitar, so I would be singing uh, blues with him. And... Uh, you know, my nan would always be very angry at him because he taught me all these lyrics, uh, which weren't great for a five-year-old to sing. Um, you know, about woman. That's when you know they're good. You know? Yeah, now I know. <laughs> then I just, I just love the music. I, I love the blues. Um, and then later on, um, when I was a teenager, uh, it, it just, I just always wanted to make music, whatever it was, and then. I started my first band when I was, I think, 15 or 14. Um, yeah, started from there. Just three chords and lots of shouting. I mean, isn't that the foundation of, like, most rock? <laughs> yeah. You know, three good chords and shouting, you know? I mean, ACDC has made a living of that for the last, what, 50 years? So oh, yeah. They, they're doing something all right. <laughs> yeah. you know? I think Machine Gun Kelly seems to be making a living off that in a minute. So. <sighs> <sighs> he had another embarrassment for Cleveland. We, we lived near Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, close enough to be embarrassed by most of what they do. You know, it just rubs yeah. off. But um, from the, the uh, of rock shame. and roll, yeah, yeah Hall of Shame. Hall of shame. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right, no, I get it. Um, Kirk, do you feel like talking about this or you want to save your voice? No, I'll, I'll jump in it. Maybe you can hear me. Um, yeah, early age, I think I'm the oldest out of the uh, band at the moment. Um, parents always into Mel, early Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, all, all, the, all the classical stuff, shall we say. Um, I think my, it really turned for me for Iron Maiden, them kind of bands, and Iron Maiden okay. Wasp. Sorry, um, I couldn't find that speaker. And that, that's when I really, really started buying my own records and doing my own thing. Um, I started playing guitar at the age of 13, I think it was, the bedroom band. Um, 
And as soon as I hit my teenage years, I got into a few bands with local kids playing some local gigs. Um, and then probably hit high to my career, really. I was playing bass for Broken Bones, you may have. Um, and I know the Discharge lads who made some classic punk albums, so I had a kind of good introduction to music. And it's gone on from there, really. Nice. Excellent. So so your, your band, Exit Out, is, is the grunge band. Um, what attracts uh, you guys to that grunge as a genre? Oh. For, for me, I mean, like I said, one of my favourite bands, well, still probably, even now, it's probably still my favourite band, was um, Pearl Jam. And it was just the way that they had that. Um, they had two really distinct guitar sounds always for me. They had the, you know, like, I suppose Stone tended to use like a Les Paul or something like that. So we had that nice, thick sort of rhythm tone. And then you got that sort of clarity of that that strat kicking through and I always love the fact that there was a strat in a heavy band you know for me that you know that was and then you know Vedder's voice you know Vedder's voice is just insane you know I think him and Cornell to this day have still got the best singing voice that I've ever graced this planet for me you know and the fact that they sang together in a band that didn't do very well was a you know it's unfortunate really but yeah I mean that that was it for me and it was just I think for me because I was a teenager at that time as well and obviously, a lot of the the lyrics that came out in those songs as well were really kind of, you know, they were really angsty. They were sort of, you could relate to them in different ways as a kid or as a youngster, certainly. You know, and I've got a 16-year-old now and he's, you know, he's into his Pearl Jam and all this as well. And you can see that he can relate to that stuff as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny to see, but that, for me, that was it. You know, it was, it was a sort of, it was the the messages that they were putting across with kind of almost like an aggressive music rather than I'd heard a lot of Bob Dylan before that. And obviously, you know, he 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 delivered a lot of message in his, but it was very differently, it was delivered in a very different way. You know, and that, that really it was really attractive to me that. What about you, Seb? For me it was always um the vocals and lyrics. So as Phil mentioned, the, the vocalist and big four, you know, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, uh, Soundgarden, Belgium, all, all brilliant vocalists, and they were all very different, but at the same time, just just great. And yeah, that, that, that was just, that was just, I was just sold. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, trying to um, create something of my own, my own songs usually sounded, oh, I was told that they sound a bit ground, ground, grungy. So naturally, I kind of gravitated to that genre. Excellent. And Kirk? I'm probably the odd one out. I'm not that much of a grunge fan, really. Um, I like the heavier side of grunge. I like my thrash metal and my, my kind of aggressive punk. Hardcore, the American hardcore kind of punk. Um, I love Nirvana when they came out, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Pearl Jam took me a while. Um, I was really on the back end with Pearl Jam. I love the first two albums, but I think that's it for me. Alice in Chains and all the other bands, I don't overly listen to, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but I quickly went off the kind of new wave of British heavy metal type music. Mm-hmm. And I like more of the punk edge. And then I think the grunge thing for me was, was a good crossover. 
and that, I think that's probably what's got me into it. And I, I was surprised that when I was writing the songs, they kind of went that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you and, and Chopped Up and I are, Kirk, are all in that new wave of British heavy metal. That's that's kind of where we were in our teens, our, that sweet spot for us. And we were a little older when grunge hit. You know, we were in our 20s when, when grunge hit uh, the States and, and kind of changed metal in America anyway. The face of metal you know it kind of basically eradicated any any pop metal hair metal glam all that stuff just quickly got lost um only after a couple of years and then was replaced by you know um a lot of grunge bands and um it's kind of that 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 classic metal sound is kind of slowly trickled back i think in the last decade but it's, it's mm-hmm. taken quite a while to get there yeah I, I think i think that i actually think weirdly that um trivium had quite mm-hmm. a lot to do with that, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think because they, they were like uh, almost like Metallica back in you know back in the heyday. They're and heavy. Then, yeah, we saw them open for Maiden. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously when when you brought out um, when Death Magnetic came out for me that was because I, I love Metallica. You know, I love the early stuff, Metallica, Black Album, Master of Puppets, that type of stuff. And then I think I think when Death Magnetic came out, it was like okay, they're back here. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is. You know, and I, I I went to I went to watch that tour twice actually, and I was just like, yeah, this is, you know, this this is it. But, but going back to the grunting, I think there's one per, one band really that we that we need to give a mention to and didn't is Stone Temple Pilots because okay. I think I think that I know we lost Scott, you know, but mm-hmm. I I think he, he, his voice was just insane. I mean, that guy had serious lungs, you know, he was. If you watch that, that uh, especially the, the unplugged. If you watch the unplugged version, that that was just incredible. That you know, yeah, you know, I didn't. I'm, apart from you know, when him and Better were singing like that at the time, because it took me a while to get Soundgarden actually. But I didn't know people could sing like that. <laughs> I didn't. You know, it was yeah, Stone Temple Pilots as well. I think were just awesome. But I, I personally, I think, that, and this is probably going to prove quite contentious to your listeners, but. And it, it became it, it became quite a big thing quickly. It was kind of one of my first proper bands. It was um, because I've played in blues bands and all sorts of stuff. Like uh, quite a wide range of influ- I say influences. I, I listen to a, a really wide range of music, but um, I think that new metal had a really big influence on the way that metal today has gone. Like people like Wes Borland and people like that who were using those super downtune riffs and and like almost like a really quite clean tone, you know, mm-hmm. like half it was really dirty and the other half was really clean. I think that's really influenced like bands like and they might not want to admit it, but bands like Polyphia now and, and stuff like that. I think that, all that stemmed from from new metal for me. I think. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right, it's a, it's a good connection. So, um, um, you know, being in a, in a band and, and playing out like you do, have any of you had a chance to meet any of your musical heroes? Um, and if so, who? Do you want to go, Seb? <laughs> um, <laughs> I have, but no one will know them. <laughs> That's um, fine. Who, are, who um, are your heroes? Who are some of your heroes? Basically, I'm, I'm from Poland. Uh, I've been... I go there sometimes as well. There's a big festival called uh, Woodstock. Um, it's not not called that anymore because uh, uh, some rights or to the name or something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's now called Poland Rock. 
Uh, I went there, I think it was seven years ago, and um, had a chance to meet uh, a guy who basically created a band from nothing um, in early 2000s. And now he's like one of the biggest metal personality in Poland. Uh, and I was lucky enough to uh, sing a little bit on the big stage as well with him. Uh, so I sang to about 300,000 people. That's <laughs> a big was, stage, yeah. Which is quite cool. Um, Small crowd, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was me. I, I haven't had a chance to meet anyone um, who you might know. Uh, but So what did that me. feel like to sing in front of all those people? Oh, it was <laughs> insane. It was um, something, something different, something I want to repeat. <laughs> I want to see. So I just want to do it again. That's that's why I'm in a in a band. Right. Yeah. Awesome. That that's that's great. That's great. Uh, Phil Kirk, have you had a chance to, to meet anyone? I think one of my favorite bands. One of my favorite bands are Bad Religion, um, from America, um, and. Whilst we didn't support them, a friend of mine did. So we managed to to hang out with them quite a bit in the uh, on the Against the Grain tour. Um, so that was really fun being backstage with, with them and some of the other bands. Um, obviously, there's Tony and Tez from Discharge, and Tez was in Ministry, and you know, and I'm good friends with them. So it's not like I, you know I've got to go and meet them, but it's it's really great to have people who've influenced music so much um, as part of my life. And, and recently I met uh, Gary Holt from Slayer um, oh, nice. um, and just as a signing um, in a guitar show where we went down, we had, we had tickets to meet and greet him. And they, I had the chance to uh, to go and play Gary's guitar um, and jam with, with Frank Bello and I completely bottled it. Um, and I just didn't do it. And, and instead a 15 year old kid got up and, and did a better job. So that was all good. Now that's why you got the throat surgery to compete with the 15 year olds. I get it. Excellent. Okay, that sounds that's a good plan, man. You know, it's a good plan. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, we'd love to get Gary on. And like we we have, you know, some of the people we've had on the show, they're like, oh yeah, Gary, I'm friends with this guy. I'm like, send him our way, you know. But I know they're busy on tour. Um, you know, a lot of bands are getting out on the road again, which is nice. And they're playing with uh, was a testament and uh, oh, Death Angel. Death Angel are, yeah. uh, and, and Exodus are all playing uh, together. So that's that's a triple bill. This one is Alex Skolnick's band, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, and he's and a Dave Lombardo's back playing drums for, for Testament. So, yeah. Which, um, yeah, I hope they do some recording because I think The Gathering is one of their best albums. It's just so ferocious, man. Insane. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about your creativity. Um you know, I know you, you do put out original music and I listened to the, uh, the one album I, I found on, on YouTube. I, I got a chance to listen to it. Um, so let's talk about your creative, creative process. Like when, when writing, um, so whoever, you know, do you all contribute to the songwriting of the band or is it primarily one or two of you or how, how does that process work? It's evolving, I think. So Kirk and Seb write. So basically this is the way that it kind of happened with, so in my involvement in band, I can certainly say this. So Kirk and Seb, I think I'm right in saying, if, I, if I'm wrong, guys, just put in. But I think that they got together, they started writing 
the first album together and then they were looking for a guitarist and I, I joined, we'd had a, we had a few rehearsals and I just, I didn't have time for it at the time. Um, so I just, you know, me and Kirk stayed, stayed mates and, you know, and Seb, me and Seb didn't talk at that time because, you know, it was the connection with me and Kirk really. Me and Kirk ended up playing some other daft band together. Um, and then, yeah, and then they had another guitarist in who just couldn't make gigs. And Kirk sent me a message with very, very short, with literally about two days before a gig and said, Phil, we, you, mind, you mind filling in for us? And I was like, yeah. I was like, when's a gig? And he said, oh, it's, you know, it's two, two or three days. And I was like, right, so I'm going to learn all these songs. So I was like, yeah. So I went up to Kirk's, learned songs dead quick, and over the next couple of days, learned them and then gigged with them. So that, that was it for me. But I've, so I've not had any writing input as of yet, per se. However, with the new stuff that we're writing now, like Kirk's, Kirk and Seb are putting down the, the main bits, and I'm going to go on and add some leading after this and then see where we go from there. So there'll be a little bit more of a varied lead lines, I think, than what there have been on the, on the previous record, I think. But I might be wrong. So Kirk will probably, wherever Kirk is, if he's that way, this way, that, I don't know. <laughs> but he'll be able to answer that better than me, so... It's, it's, it's like a weird brain bunch, isn't it? You know, but... <laughs> it's close, it's close. So um, I started writing songs for Swim in the album and um, I, I didn't, we didn't have a singer, I didn't have Seb um, and I had some people playing with me um, originally and they just weren't working out and they weren't on the same page as me at all. Um, so I pretty much wrote most of, of the album myself. And then started writing lyrics, something I'd never done before. Um, advertised for singer and, and and Seb was one of hell of a lot of people who kind of come forward. Um, but he sang to um, the, the the first song on the album, "I'm Only You," and Seb sent a demo back of him singing the song, and it literally sang all the lyrics in all the wrong places. But it sounded absolutely killer, and it was like. He's the man. He's the man for the band. Um, and then it was three quarters written, but you can tell the, the songs that Seb's influenced on because when he started to write some lyrics the way he wanted to sing them, you can tell the difference in the songs, like to Stay Here and, uh, and Swim Song in particular, you know, like really stand out. Um, so moving forward, it's, it's going to be more of a, a joint effort and I'm really looking forward to album two. Excellent. Cool. Um, which of your songs, you know, you, you're still kind of new in the process. So you have how many albums you have out? You have the one, you have two, second in the works then? There was an EP too, wasn't there? We did, we did two singles. Um, that was before Seb joined. And we just did a, a cover of Nirvana's Something in the Way, which was for... Okay. Oh, right. I did hear that one too. Yeah, it was a good cover. That was a, just a friend of mine. It was, his son was terminally ill and they were putting an all-day show on, all the, all the local bands. And we were in, I wasn't in a position to play um, because I didn't have a full band formed at the time. So we recorded something in the way and sold it as a CD single just to add some money to, to the fund. Um, and Hey Slinger, which was the first song, which I, I didn't particularly write. It was the, the old guys. So you can tell the difference with that song. It's completely different. Um, and then we wrote, I wrote Songs Swimming Album 1 and pretty much got, I've got about 20 songs 
waiting for album two at the moment, seven of which are absolutely killer, absolutely amazing songs. And and the next three, I'm sure, are going to be just as good, but we'll, we'll get out, out as soon as possible. Nice. Yeah, I think the new stuff's along the slightly... It's a little different to album one. I think this this one is kind of it's 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 evolved a little bit. This one and it's a little bit more. I know. I think I think each song's a bit more different. So, for me, the stuff that I've heard from album two that that we're working on now is is definitely different to album one. I'm sure album three will be different again. You know, as we continue, I think as we probably continue to to work together and get to know each other and know what each other's like. I think. You know, like I, I'm desperately trying to get Kurt to do some, some, a little bit more down tune stuff. I mean, he's, he's resisting like crazy, but we'll get there in the end. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, but um, like you know, Seb, you know, like like Kirk says, like Seb's voice just just fits what we do. You know, and he's got yeah, I won't, I won't ever tell him this in person, but he's got a decent voice, Seb. So. <laughs> That's good. There you go. That, yeah, you want to save those things. You don't ever want to sell those people. You know, good no, things. Compliment no. them. You know, they're egos. Yeah, yeah that's why we vocalists. Their egos are awful. Yeah, they I'm, have I'm to be in serious. front. Look at me. I'm in the front. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's why they make me play bass as well because it's like even stars. Yeah, I mean, give yeah. you a stand-up bass. You have something to hide behind, right? You got yeah, something that stands in front of you. No, I just I, bring it down to size there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we tend to do on this show with each other. We just make sure yeah. we chop each we other break down. Break each other down. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no egos here. Uh, trust me, there's no instrument in the world I can hide behind. There you go, smoking <laughs> like a true vocalist. There we go. excellent. Well, that's what a good front man's supposed to do, right? You know. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about touring and and playing live. And uh, so what is it, uh, what do you like most about playing live, you know, as a band or as individual members? Um, as opposed to recording. Yeah. Um, I like just being on the stage. I'm actually quite an introvert. <laughs> um, so I'm not you are, very you are people person. <laughs> uh, but somehow when I'm on the stage, I feel it's, it's different and I like performing, I like singing, um, I like, you know, making some noise and it's good to have some response from people, uh, you know, having having a blast with us, like we're playing and they're having fun and it's amazing. It's also, um, as Kirk mentioned, uh, playing for charities and stuff like that, trying to help people. Uh, it's nice that we have opportunity to do that uh, and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes that's sense. The most, that's the most important thing, having fun. You know? Exactly. Right. That's why we do this show. You know, we're having fun and, you know, and if you get a chance to help people, um, you know, that's, that's a good feeling. That's, that's a whole uh, thing in into itself. So kudos to you. Yeah, uh, I mean, but- for me, it's, it's about, it's about playing, playing music with mates, you know, but I'm in a, I'm in a covers band as well as this, you know, we're good mates. Um, but you know, it, it's it's. I mean, this is different type of music, you know. But um, but yeah, it's about playing with mates. Like me and Kurt get on really, you know. Me and I'm not saying this, you know. I mean, he's not in person, really so you could talk about him. It's okay. Yeah, no, no. I'm, like, we we all get on really, really well, you know. We have a we have a good laugh. We have a good relationship. We, you know, we rip the hell out of each other. That's the way that it should be. So, you know, and and to be fair, you know, we, we've actually supported some 
some in the last couple of gigs, we've supported some quite some quite good bands, to be fair, you know. Um, I do have a bugbear about this. If you're a main band and you're watching this, if you've got a support band who comes and plays for you free, say fucking thank you to them. You know, it, honestly, the, the amount of big bands that you play for that are up their own arse, it's just like, oh, come on, just be nice, you know? Just be nice. But anyway, if it was me, I'd go out and say thanks very much, but, but, but it is what it is. But how, like, how, how much does that really take? doesn't take any effort at all to be, to be thankful, none, right? No, no whatsoever, so... Do you think yeah. they don't know who's who's supporting them? I mean, I know when we, we, we used to go to shows back before the plague, um, often, you know, the, the, the headliner, there was like five or six bands in front of them and they often wouldn't see the stage until 11 o'clock at night or midnight or something yeah you know and um especially on the smaller clubs around here and uh i i wonder if those opening acts and being knowing people who were in opening acts they didn't have access to the band and so i'm wondering sometimes if the promoter puts on more bands than the main band even knows like they have their supporters and there's usually like yeah. a couple of I'm, sure, I'm sure that happens yeah i'm sure we did have a funny incident more recently which i know that kurt won't mind me saying but it was quite funny we supported a band who were a, a big tri tribute band and they came on and said thanks very much evil out <laughs> we were like Who's evil out? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. they missed it by that much they got it close yeah, yeah I, was, I just saw steam coming out of kirk's ears at that point it was very funny so at least they said thanks, though, so that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been like in and out or something like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, you know, made that Clockwork Orange reference, the old in, out, in, out. That, that could have been, <laughs> you know. Um, so you've been opening for these other bands. Have, um, are these like local gigs or are you being, are you able to like play, you know, go to Europe and play any kind of festivals in, in these opening slots or, you know, what kind of shows have you been doing? Yeah, we've only had shows at the moment. Um, obviously we're on, always on the lookout. We just played with uh, vampires everywhere. Uh, and they're doing well in America and um, on two others. Again, who've just opened for Bournemouth um, in America, I believe. Um, so we, we've had we've just played with both of them two bands, um, amongst others. But um, we're just on the lookout for whatever we can get. Really, at the moment, it's it's quite hard in the UK uh, at the moment, unless yeah. you're a very very well known band. The uh, you know it's it's difficult. There's so many bands competing for opening slots at the moment. And going back to the playing live thing, uh, for me, I, I kind of go into my own little zone. My own little world, especially with Exit Out, because because I've wrote the songs and I've put so much passion into it that you know playing my own music um, it was different than just playing bass or guitar for another band. Um, it just really means a lot to me um, to be able to get my music out there for people. Nice, that's good. So when you when you have a gig when you're getting ready to play. Um, do you have any uh, like pre-show rituals that you that you guys like to do as a band or individually? Kind of get yourselves in the right mindset to be playing. Yeah, we've already got the one. And that's to get Jack behind the drums. I was just about yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, our drummer, um, if you're not aware, is, is very partially sighted. He's, he's probably something like eighty percent blind. So it's in, in, a, in a venue where it's dark, he can't see. So we, we have to get him there, really. We have to get him behind the drums without people noticing. 
and uh, and, and get set up really. That, that's our ritual. Okay, well, that's a great ritual. I mean, it's important, you know. As someone who's who played drums for most of my life, it's important. The drummer is the most important person in the band. Um, so no, no, I get it, man. That's that's great. Uh, so when you are playing or after a show, um, what's your favorite food to eat? You know, like a celebratory food when you're uh, when you're done with a gig. Ugh. I, I'm going to make, I'm, 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 a, I'm quite a typical Englishman in this, whereas I won't eat no English food whatsoever towards the end of the gig. So I'm, it'll either be, it'll have to be either pizza or, or Chinese food or something like that. It depends where we play, to be fair, because we're siblings. I mean, it, for, for English people, this is like quite a long distance away, but it, it's not for Americans. You know, <laughs> we know it's not. But Seb's about an hour away from me. Seb, you reckon? About an hour? Yeah, probably yeah. an hour and a half, maybe. So, so, so if we play if we play near Seb, then there's a really great choice of restaurants because it's, you know, it's a um, it's it's a bigger city than mine. Um, but yeah, it's 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 always just really awful takeaways, <laughs> you know, stuff that you you can feel for the next three days. I think that's 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 the key to any good gig is if you can still feel the food for three three days after it. It's a good. Nice. How about you, Seb? Um, I don't have anything special to eat. I, 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 I like to celebrate a good gig with a, a nice drink. Um, and I celebrate uh, every day with a nice drink. There you go. <laughs> no, but uh, in all honesty, um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, as Phil said, just something fatty and a nice cold drink. And I'm happy, happy chappy. Kirk. Well, favorite foods are red hot curry. So uh, red hot Indian curry would be my choice. But uh, nice. yeah, after normal. a show, not before a show. No, no, it's normally a quick kebab. If we're going to be honest, but if we can get them in the curry house, that suits me. Yeah, we uh, love Indian food. We have some really good a couple places around here, and there's just something about the complexity of flavors that uh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, no, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Seb, how do you take care of your voice when you're singing? Um, you know, we, we often talk to, when we have singers on show and they're going on tours and stuff like that, they have, you know, we ask about this. So as a singer, what do you do to keep your voice as good as it can be um, between shows? Uh, a warm-up and daily practice. And a lot of people say, well, it's metal, it's rock. You you don't do, you know, your scales and all that but um i was doing that i wasn't doing that when i was younger and i really felt it every show after the show I'll just be <laughs> and then a few years ago i started really taking care of it and doing that you know it takes 20 minutes a day and then it takes an hour on the day of the gig um and do it properly and that's that's it really i, I don't do like special drinks or uh, special foods or whatever. I don't just drink water on the day or something like that. Um, it just doesn't do anything to me. I try that. Um, so, yeah, it's just doing a little bit of warm-up. Excellent. Um, can do you have any outrageous road stories like something that just crazy happened to you or you know were you around other things that we love road stories so 
you know, anything outrageous that you could share with us? I don't have any with exit out, but I do have a, quite a quite a funny one. Whereas we were um, playing um, in in, a, in my other band, we were playing this. Well, sorry, it was not not my other band that I'm in now. Actually, it was another band, but um, we were playing a gig, and there was this couple just sort of sat by the side, and this woman just walked up with a bottle and just smashed it around the side of his head, and then just sat down talking to the woman like nothing happened, like cleaned absolutely cleaned this guy out. You know, he was on the floor, just like poof, out and flat out. Started speaking to this other woman. And at the end, I'm like, no, we're all going, like, playing, going, do we carry on? Or, you know, <laughs> just carried on. And then, um, yeah, it turned out that the guy was having an affair with that woman. And they were friends, and they decided that they, he wasn't worth it. <laughs> so they carried on sort of having, having this night while this guy was cleaned out and got dragged outside. So, yeah, that was quite funny. But in a weird, quite, quite a weird way. But, yeah, it was, yeah, so that was, welcome to England, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's a good story. Huh? It's very quaint. <laughs> yeah, I had a bottle thrown at me once when I was uh, playing in one of my college bands. We were right. opening for a punk band called The Stain, and they brought their own skinheads with them. And uh, I remember distinctly, it's like in slow motion, I'm seeing in the light the shadow of this tumbling bottle. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, that's a beer bottle. That's going to hit my head. And I just ducked and it went and it almost hit our drummer. And then, uh, I, I, I took my guitar off and I swung it like a baseball bat or a cricket bat. Um, and I, uh, hit the guy really hard, right? right in the stomach and took him down. Um, and then the bar, you know, the owners came out, the bouncers came out and they maced all the skinheads and they kicked them out and then, uh, got back up on the show stage and, um, we finished our set. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Hey, we got interrupted. It was only fair. The people wanted to hear my brilliant song. You know, of course, yeah. they, didn't to, they didn't want to slight them. Don't um, get Kirk ideas, all right? Yeah. <laughs> He's Kirk the ideas. Nice. We've got to start buying some breakaway bottles. Go on. You know, some of those those ones that you use for for movie props are made out of sugar. You know? <laughs> nice. That's good. Yeah. It's worth thinking about. Yeah. Um, do you have any? Uh, idea like oh. what song oh did you have a story you want to share was that oh so nice it's worth mentioning but when I was, uh, hang on guys sorry when i was 17 uh, i was playing one of my first gigs um back in poland and was driving there uh two cars me and my two mates which, which were the band uh was driving with the guy who, the only guy who had a uh driving license all three of us and he was like, he had the driving license for maybe a, a week or two. And behind us, there was uh, uh, the drummer's dad <clears throat> with all the equipment and all that. By uh, the massive truck, like uh, like massive truck, we, we got beeped out and he quickly uh, went away. And um, the dad that, that was behind us uh, actually told the drummer, which was he, his kid, he is banned from ever traveling with that kid again. Because, <laughs> yeah, that was it. And uh, then every time I went to a gig, I would, I would uh, take a ride with the guy who had the driving license and the drummer would have to go with his dad. So... 
safety first. Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Don't give right. driving license to 17-year-olds. No, no. No, we have a 16 here in the States. That's way too young. Yeah. Um, all right, well, I'm going to change gears here a little bit. And, and speaking of gears, there's my segue to you. Let's talk about what kind of gear you, you like to use. Um, do you have any specific gear that you that you prefer to use? Yeah. So? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I... So, uh, 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 exit out gigs recently, I've been using a Godam, uh, Godam guitar. I, I always use Hayden heads. I don't know if you know Hayden. They were, um, Ashdown came out with Hayden a few years back. Um, they were a, a, an absolute soaring disaster, but the Hayden heads were actually really, really good. So I've got a couple of them that I use. Um, and I, I love the, the, the dirty tone on that. I generally just, I'll generally just use a boost button, a, a boost pedal. I use a little bit of a wah. Uh, sometimes, you know, in true metal style, you know, I'll stick a tube screamer over over the top of that just to just to give it a little bit extra. Um, but I use my own guitar as well, so I've just started my own guitar brand. Um, so, so called North Guitars. So, and we do our own designs. So this one weirdly is for a good friend of mine who some of your guys might know. Uh, there's a guy called Mike McLaughlin. He's in a band called Party Cannon, which are like a really good big slam metal band from the UK. And Mike's a really good mate of mine. So we kind of designed a, a guitar, like a multi-scale guitar together. So oh, yeah, nice. yeah so, that, so that's gonna be on um yeah, they're gonna be on sale soon. Um so I, I don't know if you want me to plug the website. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you because, uh, you know, about your guitar brand, and I was going to ask you how you got into making guitars. Um, yeah. You know. um, so like I said, I've always been a geek. Uh, during lockdown, I got really sick for like nine months. Like really, really sick. Uh, not with COVID, weirdly. Um, but when we came out of the back end of it, I got speaking to a luthier friend of mine, showed him some plans that I had for... A, a guitar which is over there actually but uh, a guitar and uh, it, it was it had a sort of a we'd, we'd worked out a way to route it out especially so it sounded like a hollow body but probably fed back like a, a sonic body uh which is you know if you like a gibson 330 or something like that you stand in front of an amp with anything any sort of game and it just screams uh and you i've played metal punk everything on on this thing and it's fine um so yeah so we just decided to and we, we launched them last week actually oh, wow. uh, and next month last week yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah but they're all our own signs and you know they're gonna they're gonna be on the new record coming up definitely for sure this hopefully this one that designed for mike mike's actually sponsored by a company called ormsby guitars which a lot of people probably know ormsby uh, made by a such a cool guy in, in australia called perry who makes some amazing books 90 percent of them are like multi-scales and they're but they're just wicked you know but um, party kind of play really low tunings and really, really heavy. So that's why the multi-scale comes into it. But for Exit Out, we normally play an E standard. Um, so I can use pretty much any scale of guitar that I want. But so my, my sound generally, and I think Kirk could probably agree with this, my sound's probably a little bit more of the classic sound. So mine's going back to more the the Pearl Jam type grunge. So you know, I'll, I'll use I use games, but it won't sound like um, like a Hetfield type EMG type thing. Mine will be more of a, a bit more of an organic sound. 
Uh, and I like using tube amps, you know, um, for that reason. I like feeling the air coming past me. Uh, but as far as, yeah, as far as that goes, you know, I've got a massive pedal board with like 18 pedals on. I only used two. One of them nice. I play for these guys. Like Don Dockin. <laughs> yeah, I saw Dockin back in the day, and he had a massive board. I mean, it's pedals all, all over the place. Oh, George Lynch? D yeah. yeah, yeah, George Lynch, yeah, oh, from Dockin, right. I mean, George Lynch was a, just a beast, wasn't he? That's uh, how you say yeah, way back in the day. So let me ask you something, Phil. Can you make us a flying V with the heavy metal horror logo on it? What a great promotion, right? <laughs> I, could, I could definitely. Weirdly, I'm actually talking about, I, I want to make myself a flying V at some point because I think the, the V is a real, it's such an underrated guitar. Like people, like, you know, I, I grew up on a strap, first of all, you know. Um, but I love tellies, you know, and I think, I think those early sort of defenders were, were pretty much perfect, you know, they were hard to, hard to beat, you know, and the Les Paul, the Les Paul is an amazing sounding guitar, but it has its issues, mm -hmm. you know, you, getting up to the top frets is difficult, you know, it's, people complain it's heavy, you know, I'm, I'm what, I'm, you do it in pounds, don't you, I'm like a 220 pound guy, so I'm not that bothered about I'm not bothered about weight, you know? Yeah, you did describe um, yourself as a fat Jesus to me, so... Fat, that's, fat Jesus. Yeah. But, well, so, yeah, yeah. Jesus. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so, so, you know, for me, they, you know, they have a thing, but in, like, 1958, after years of sort of having, like, guitars like this, give me one second. So, yeah, you had years of guitars like this. You know, this is the first one that I made, by the way. So they had years of guitars like this. And then in 1958, they bring out the um, they bring out the, the Explorer and they bring out the Flying V. I mean radically great designs. Those are two of the best guitar designs, I think, on the planet. The, the, yeah. The Explorer Wild, and the Flying V. Wildly, wildly, they were wildly unpopular at the time, but uh, there's just something about a uh, flying V for me. It's got its own sound. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a friend of mine, he's, he owns a guitar shop just up, literally a mile from me here. And he's got this old, um, this old V and it's just, there's nothing sounds like that, you know? And I, I love SGs, I love SG Juniors, uh, especially. And I think, I think the SG actually is the, the guitar that Gibson's best solid body guitar for me. And I'm going to throw that out there. But it's just so versatile and it's so easy to play. The neck dives, but it is what it is, but... No, so for me, when I when I started making guitars, I just wanted to make guitars that um, I suppose had all the qualities of guitars that I love, but at the same time looked a little bit individual and took away some of the qualities that I didn't like so much. You know, so upper neck neck access, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm, take, I'm going to take the guitars around to Kirk's next time. I've seen you've seen you've seen a couple, Andy Kirk. Yeah, I've seen most of them, I think, Yeah. So. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's a gear that I use. Kirk's, Kirk uses slightly more heavy stuff than me, don't you, mate? My ideal sound is, is Trev from uh, Obituary, and uh, I just want, I want to get that death metal nasty yeah. sound. Um, at the moment, I just use an orange head and a Line 6 uh, Fire Orc pedal board. I don't really ever change the settings they're on. I've downloaded the obituary setting, um, pumped that into the Firehawk, and, and that's where he sits, really. Um, line six is, is fantastic for that. Yes. Yeah. Great, great, great lineup for that. Mm -hmm. 
uh, guitar wise i've had many guitars um throughout my life I settled on ibanez's um i think they are the, they are the ultimate super strat guitar uh, the gain on and the pickups everything about them is just just fantastic especially the high-end models but saying that i've recently switched to the ltd um, esps uh, the ec range um yeah, I take two of them around with me now for gigs and uh, they're my go-to guitar at the moment and the Ibanez's are collecting a little bit of dust hanging on my walls. So uh, that's where I'm at. Heavier the better. All right. Uh, hey, I, I just want to interrupt you, Monte, but yeah, sure. uh, if Phil's offer's still open, you want to design a guitar for us because we could we could use that for our contest. We're going to try to get people to to name our demon, you know, for our, for our logo. So... That would be a great prize. Just saying, you know, you get an opportunity. Yeah, you know, just, yeah. just, just throwing it out there. Just, just throwing throw it, out it out there. I mean, you know, I have a flyer. It ain't going to cost you nothing to make. Come on. Who am I paying <laughs> Yeah, Chop Top's paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> I am? Yeah, I thought you were going to do I'll tell you I what, I'll do the generosity. I'll do you a deal now. If, if, if I get five sales off this podcast, I'll do you one for free. There you go. All right. That sounds there good. And go. what's the name of the uh, the website? It's uh, www.northguitars.co.uk. All right. Five yeah. kids. Only five wow. sales, and we get a free guitar. Come on. Yeah. I'll do that for you. Show no your love for your heavy metal horror host. Yeah. All right. There we go. There's our shameless plug. Uh, we, we got more coming later. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna change gears yet again, and let's we're gonna talk do some hypothetical situations. Now we've we've talked about your background and gear and like that, and one thing we like to do on heavy metal horror is 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 have questions that are that are different than probably most rock celebrities get um, in their normal course of the day. So, and this is an, also another way for us to get to know them better and, and for them to have fun. So, uh, we're gonna start with a, a one hypothetical question here: It's you are on a desert island. What five bands discographies? do you want with you so we'll start with seb seb what five bands are you taking with you on your desert island um to have something to listen to them or of course <laughs> just sure. it's like a gilligan's oh. island you've got a okay. cd player of some type or you know some kind of device that will allow you to play or a record player vinyl oh, the setup is there right mm-hmm. um well straight away i would have to say tool um just because I, I I love Tool and it's one of my main influences, and also the albums are quite long, so I guess that's a that's a good thing to have. Uh, it's not getting boring anytime. You only um, need Tool then because they're so long, they're albums. So that'd be it. <laughs> There's your five bands. <laughs> um, I'd say Metallica because again, it's one of my all-time favorites. Even though I've been boycotting them since they did that thing with the Miley Cyrus. Um, I'm ready, Gaga. <laughs> come on. Um, God, I want to. Um, I'd probably say Megadeth. Uh, and a couple of Polish bands because there's some there's some gems with the long discographies and really good old stuff like Jam or uh, Budkasoflera, obviously. 
here and there. So yeah, uh, Tool, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Gem, Woodcastle Fire. Excellent. How about you, Kirk? Easy, this is. Slayer, obviously. Um, greatest uh, metal band of all time. Um, obituary, because they've never made a bad album. Absolutely fantastic. Bad Religion, my favourite skate punk band. Again, absolutely love the band. Um, Biffy Clyro, I think they are the up-and-coming band. and I know that they've made it as such, but what a fantastic, amazing Amazing band. Um, where am I at? How many is that? Four? That's four, right, yeah. Let's stick. Um, probably Discharge. Um, but only the first few albums. Don't need the, the latter ones. But uh, just the per- perfect albums there. Perfect. I'll do me. Nice. And Phil? Oh, well, uh, yeah. Mine's going to seem quite out there now. So mine, um, Pearl Jam got to be in there um i think they've actually just released some amazing stuff sort of but because they may be slightly older and less outrageous now you know it's been passed over a little bit um well i'd love uh, i'll take radiohead just because i think it's just brilliantly written music it's just they're so clever in the way that they write music um well, it's two. I was trying to think of what's now. I had a load in my head then, so I can't think of them. Um, one that people wouldn't probably wouldn't know because he's a folk singer, but a guy called John Martin from the uh, he's well, he was Scottish English uh, from the UK, but he was yeah lost him a few years ago. But he was he was insane, absolutely insane that guy. Alter Bridge because I just I don't know I just dig Alter Bridge. I just love him. I uh, went to see him a couple, just before the uh, pandemic kicked in, uh, all the COVID stuff, and they were just amazing live. Uh, and Jeff Buckley, because I just think he, he didn't release a lot, obviously, because of you know his, his death and whatnot, but he was just he was just a, a just insane talent, that guy. Mm-hmm. Insane. Yeah, I'm a I, I like Alter Bridge as well. Um, and talk about guitar tones. I mean, the sound of those guitars is huge. You know, yeah. and that's, that was the way it was on Creed as well. You know, it got, I, I wasn't a crazy Creed fan, um, but I love their sound. The, 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 the sonic presence they had was just amazing. Yeah, um, and, great guitarist. Oh, he's Miles, a phenomenal guitarist. Yeah. I, I think Miles Kennedy, Miles Kennedy's a great guitarist. And he just, because he doesn't particularly play that much need, he doesn't get that much audits, but that guy can play, yeah. you know? Was, oh, yeah. When I went to watch him, he played a Telecaster the whole way through. Like the whole way through, and it's a famous telecaster. And I can't remember who it is, but it was a, it was a famous person's telecaster that he bought, and I can't remember who it was now. But he just literally played that all the way through. You know, and this is heavy stuff. Yeah, he wouldn't associate a telecaster with that. You know, it's Bruce Springsteen. Telecasters are for country, or you know, you don't really yeah. see telecaster being used by Kerry King. You know, yeah. Look, look, Tom Morello played a telly a lot. You know, and, you know. Oh, God. Tell me. Yeah. Tell, tell me, Terry. Oh. <laughs> if I turn up to a telly, you guys would never let me forget it, so I won't. But yeah, telly's are amazing. I, I got telly at home, and it's got a hamburger in it. Oh, that's, you don't often get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, put it, I put it in myself. Just, uh, it, it looks like a single color, but it's a hamburger. 
Nice. Yeah, I love Yeah, John Five. You know John Five from um, who was yes, Marilyn Manson, and he Brad he Brad had Brad. a years ago. He had a signature telly that came out, and he's got one now, which is like a three humbucker, which is horrible. But he had one that came out with the twelve string headstock, and it had a single column and a humbucker in the bridge, and that thing was just sick. It was just mm, awesome, yeah. and it's ugly as sin, but it's just it's like. <laughs> It's like ugly like my dog ugly. You still want to love it, you know? So, yeah, amazing. Tennis is the way forward. Even, you know, a guitar that was designed in, what, 1950s? Just... I and mean, they're a classic design. doesn't go away. You know, and I, no. I mean, I, I, Telecaster had that, has that tinny sound, you know, and it, it has, for certain musical genres and styles, it, it's, it's perfect. You know, country yes. and even some, like, even some jazz or, you know, even some blues, but... Um, yeah, I just I've never been a Telecaster fan. It just never never resonated with me, you know. Um, but uh, you know, that's why there's so many guitars out there, you know. Not music, same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, pick pick the right instrument for the right for the right sound, and or you can tweak yours like you did, Seb, and and put a humbucker in yeah. and make it scream, you know. All right, another uh, another hypothetical situation here. If you could go back in time to see one classical composer conduct a piece of music, who would that composer be? As in the classical, as in the genre? As in the genre, right. Oh, easy for me, Rachmaninoff. Rachmaninoff all day long. So he was just so complex in the way that he did stuff. He was just, like, the, the way that he, he used his piano as a, almost like a... Um, like a percussive tool as well as a, a, a harmonious tool is just insane, you know. So for me, that is that that's dead simple. For me, I'm, I'm easy with that one. Excellent, Seb. And for me, Chopin, because right. because I could have a chat with him, and the rest of them are German, so probably not. <laughs> okay, and Kirk, I pass on this one. I ask a friend. I can't say I know any. Never thought about it, um, never considered it. I don't know really any classical. Uh... It's not culturally inclined as we are. I'll have him, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, we are heavy metal horror. So, are any of you guys horror fans at all? Love the horror. No, no, that's too scary. No, I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, we, we've had some metal guys who uh, didn't like horror. They they were they said, "Yeah, I'm a scaredy cat." So I'm like, "Oh, okay, you know." So so um, so for the horror guys, um, what are some of your favorite horror movies? Are you going first, Seb, or me? Go on, Seb. Go ahead, Seb. <laughs> Go on, Seb. For, for me, it's not even uh, movies. I've found um, I found a weird passion of watching. Uh, real life ghost hunters on youtube and uh that's what i'm doing i just i just love that stuff even though i'm total skeptic and i always say well that's a bollocks uh yeah they always say I, look there's something over there and they turn the camera and it's gone it was just there yeah yeah, 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 yeah i'm yeah. waiting to see a, let me see some fucking video let me see how the ghosts show up and say hey i'm a ghost you know or just the sound, sounds uh, of footsteps and stuff like that it just yes. it is just fun for me. Um, when it comes to like movies, uh, I do enjoy 
um, like demonic stuff, kind of like hereditary. There uh, was the last time, last one I enjoyed um, in the cinema. Uh, I can't remember. Your, your, your usual conjuring and uh, maybe first uh, paranormal activity. Well, only the first one. Um, yeah, and they kind of get a little old. It's a, those found footage things are, uh, are are cheap, you know, the way they, it's yeah. they're cheap to make, you know. Um, but no, I, I get that. How about you, Phil? What are some of your favorite horror films? I don't like the classics. I mean, I don't like the, uh, the, the first version of Pet Cemetery was was awesome. You know, we're just bit, it was just bits in it even at the time that you were just like, oh my God. Like the first time I saw the first It, by Stephen King, you know, I was a kid when I watched that, and I didn't want to shower for a month, you know. Um, first, first, Freddy um, Nightmare on Elm Street, awesome. Uh, but I, I like the old sort of Army of Darkness stuff as well, if you remember them. Oh yeah, uh, with, with, uh, with the Savini and whatnot, and yeah, and the King I, baby. I, yeah, you know, I, I loved all that stuff. But I think, I think again, that I think horror movies have now moved on, and again, it's it's almost like music in a way, whereas. Like some music seems to obviously be getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And I think films now have almost, in some ways, have almost lost some of their art because it's it's about being so shocking as opposed to having like a really good, like for me, a most a, a good storyline is scarier than effects. If you know what I mean, like yes, um, yes. Like you... If you talk about Pet Cemetery, for example, the original one. I mean, that was just horrifying. You know, that was horrible, you know? Right, with very few uh, practical effects. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, have you seen The Witch? No, no. Or The, or the, the Babadook? Those are movies that are preying Babadook, a lot on yeah. the special effect, not on special effects, but on story and atmosphere. Very creepy, yeah, very yeah. moody. See, I thought Blair Witch was brilliant for that because there wasn't really anything in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there, and there wasn't really that much happened, but it, it scared the shit out of you at the time. You were like, oh my God, what's all this, you know? And it was all the, I think that was the first movie really where they built up such a hype on the internet about it before it came out. It, they, they did that in such a brilliant way, I think, that it was, that was groundbreaking, that, you know? Their marketing was spectacular. I couldn't watch the movie because I can't do the shaky cam stuff. I was sitting and ready to vomit the entire movie. But the last 15 minutes were, were really spooky. But I yeah. could listen to it. But, um, yeah, the marketing was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, but I've got to admit, I'm with Seb. Me and Seb talked about this at the last gig. Me and Seb have a mutual love for this about trolling the internet for paranormal paranormal stories and stuff like that like I, I, again i don't really believe in it but it's just ace it's just like i've prop we've both probably gone down the rabbit hole with it only seven we're like yeah. instead of already said at some point we are going to go to canic which is a, a woods near us aren't we and we're going to go and have a look at that place at night because it's supposed to be ridiculously haunted and stuff but yeah so yeah i think we're getting a bit geeky about this now but yeah it's uh it's gonna happen and it mate simple as that and Kirk, um, are you a horror fan? I am. I can't say I've watched any for, for a while. I think the ones what really are memorable were was when Nightmare on Elm Street came out. I think the the storyline behind that, as you're gonna get killed when you go to sleep, was was kind of terrifying at the time and like that was different. Um and then movies like The Ring and the real kind of making you jump type stuff. 
Um, that that's really spooky. Um, well, while I'm on, have you guys seen that demo on the PlayStation called PT? It's like this. It's it's a demo of a horror game when the PlayStation Four came out, and they were basically saying, "This is what we can do with horror games," and it's the most terrifying experience you'll ever have if you ever get to see that PT to demo. I think they banned it now, but it's absolutely insane. So uh, well, now I gotta look for it. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't had uh, nightmares for at least two weeks, so give me something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason well, to have insomnia. Enemy of Montag's uh, favorite, well, scary Pokemon is the Exorcist. Like, even you watch it again, it's like, I don't need to leave your place just yet, do I? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so unnerving. Just minimal music, fantastic story, and uh, wow, that's just a, a creep fest of a movie. See, that's it. So. I think a lot of it is in the music. Like, if you just if you think about Jaws, two notes, dirtum. But, and that was it, you know? Yep. And it's just, it's the way I had a weirdly, I had a, a weirdly impromptu chat once with a, um, uh, a well, really well-known composer, a guy called Philip Glass. Uh, he did The Pianist, music to The Pianist. Um, weirdly, we were just chatting about film scores and he asked me which ones I liked. So I mentioned The Last of the Mohicans and, and The Pianist. And he went, oh, thanks. That was it, you know? And he walked off and I was like, who's that? And my girlfriend at the time said, what are you talking to Philip Glasswell? I was like, oh, okay. But end up, we ended up having a chat about it, and he was just saying, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's actually really difficult to, to put music that encapsulates a moment, you know, yeah. which is, you know, I guess what songwriting is. You know, it's how do you feel in that moment? But this is to try to encapture a cinema to go, or a theatre in your case to go, oh, you, know, and it's, you know, or cry or laugh or whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. So, yeah. I was a little whipper when uh, Jaws came out, and uh, I remember that when I'm taking a shower and started looking down, I said, Jaws is going to come out and get me. And I'm thinking, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Or I don't think I swimmed in a swimming pool or on a beach for like two years after I first saw that. It scared the shit out of me. So I was like that with eight, just down the pool hole. Not a chance. Not happening. Yeah. No. It comes up to the toilet chopped up, so just be careful. Boy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, the, I think music uh, and, and horror movies, um, the, the scores are really important, uh, the music. When you think of The Thing and, uh, you know, Marconi's, um, or yeah, Enrique Marconi's music uh, score is so spartan and sparse, but it's so effective, um, you know, and then it, it moves us emotionally. You know, that's the, the thing about a good horror movie, a good story. It, it it affects us at an emotional level, just like good music does, you know. So mm-hmm. they 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 really they really are kind of parallel um, in in my book. Uh, all right, let's let's talk a little bit. We're going to do some series. Of what we call these one-off questions. Just kind of, we could be random. It could be about anything. So um, we had just talked about movies, other than uh, horror movies. Um, what is your favorite movie of all time? For me, it's the Matrix. Matrix. Absolutely love them. All right. Excellent. That's a good movie. Seb. Um, Star Wars. Excellent. Episode four, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the new yeah, the original, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it, man. It's definitely up there for me. Yeah. Phil. 
favourite movie. Wow. Wow, that's, that is a real tough one. Um, I think I'm going to go with a bit of a current one, actually. I really like Into the Wild. Yeah. So, that, that, was, that was a good movie. It had, it had a, good, um, a good message in that. So I like that one. Nice. Who's your favourite cartoon character? Jessica Rabbit, all day long. Come on. Thanks. <laughs> Excellent. She's not bad. She's just strong that way. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, favorite cartoon character? Oh, God. Bugs Bunny. Excellent. That's from childhood. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are important memories. Kirk. Homer Simpson. <laughs> Everyone. Fantastic. That's a great. Those are great. Um, what... yeah, I'm going to change mine if that's right to Marvin the Martian. Oh, okay. Very okay. underrated. Very underrated. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Well, at least you know, Chop and I can share Jessica. So we got that. That's yeah. He's yeah, got my date yeah. plans for the weekend. That's excellent. Yeah. I um, always more fun than free, though. <laughs> what one song? Do you wish you'd had written and recorded instead of the group who did? Sober by Tool. It's a good song, to be fair. That's a good song. <laughs> Thanks. Indifference by Pearl Jam. Yeah, that's my uh, Wonder Wall by Oasis. What? Yeah, I just think when he wrote that song, did he like think this is going to be the, the biggest hit ever? And did he know? I uh, just I find that quite amazing. It's such a simple song, and yeah, I'm going with that. You could have said I'm nothing sure else matters. <laughs> Oh. I'm not sure I can respect you anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> if our no, no. next single is a, is a metal version of that, that's it. For, I've, I've explained my reasoning. <laughs> Excellent. See, I like that. This is how we know you guys get along so well, because you can bust each other's balls. You know, that's, that's, that's well, love. That's love for you. Um, okay, which non-music celebrity would you most like to have a drink with? Not Amber Heard. Um. Yeah. yeah, she's going to be giving you a shitty time. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Non musical. Non musical. Yeah. David Attenborough. Oh, yeah, great. Good choice. Yeah. Seb? For me, it would be um, well, uh, uh, Scarlett. Johansson or Johansson, however you want to pronounce that. Do you want her to wear the Black Widow costume or just show up? <laughs> just, just show up and I'll be thankful. All right. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, Kirk? I'll go with Angelina Jolie. Probably the same reason as Seb picked the other one. Do you want her wearing the Tomb Raider uniform? or? Yeah, yeah we'll go Tomb Raider. Okay. We'll go to- no, no, that's good, man. All right. I like that. Uh, And last one. Do any of you have any hobbies other than music? Do you have any hobbies that uh, you you can share with us? 
how you can share with us. Yes. <laughs> We don't want to know about the things that are going to get you in trouble. You know, Interpol might be lusting. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I paint. I like painting. I uh, I don't get ch much chance to do it at the minute, but I, I like painting. So, my art, not walls. So, okay, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Seb, Kirk, any hobbies? I think music has taken over quite a lot of my time lately um playing uh playing another band as well so that's two bands rehearsing and all that uh but basically quite a lot of sports um a bit of football a bit of boxing uh i'd love to go get back to it uh, martial arts was always when i was younger was always a big thing for me so um yeah i'd say martial arts and so if any aggressive fans jump on stage, you know, you can take him down, you know, if they get too, a little too nah, just call Kirk. It's his job with his cricket bat. There you go. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. You can build it. Well, you can build a big hammer shaped guitar. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like Thor. You could swing it around. With spikes. Plug him in the gut. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nice. This is, this is pretty pointy to you, but this would make quite a good spear as well. I think so. Oh, yeah. Be all right with that one. Very nice. Jay, uh, Kirk, any hobbies? Like Seb said, I think music pretty dominates my life, really. Um, I play the odd computer game when I get a chance. I kind of hate watching the telly anymore. Re really gone off watching telly. It's it's all music for me. If the telly's on, Halo or something's on. So uh, a bit of gaming, but 95% music. Excellent. All right. All right, we're going to play uh, some games. Uh, this game is called Blast Beats. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you all to answer. We just Don't think about it, just answer quick as possible. It's usually a multiple choice or a simple short answer. I want you all just to kind of give me your answer quickly. We're just going to run through these quickly. It's, it's called Blast Beats. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Favorite pizza topping? Pepperoni. Spicy veg. Sausage. PC or Apple? I think ketchup. PC or Apple? Uh, Linux. Hey. I didn't get that one. PC or Apple? PC or Apple? Oh, uh, PC. Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Strawberry. Vanilla. It's Neapolitan right there. You guys see? You guys all work together. Um, dog or cat? Dog. 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 Marvel <laughs> or DC? Neither. Oh, neither. Terrible. DC. Marvel. Get, get the hell out. Neither. <laughs> get out. No, that's right. DC. Okay. Uh, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Star Trek. Okay, Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster? Bigfoot. Loch Ness Monster. Bigfoot. All day long. It's the only one that could actually physically survive. We'll talk about this next time. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I was invited to, to Scotland with, for some, with some friends. I'm going to go see Nessie. Now, we might have in our lake, we live near Lake Erie, we might have a, another a monster in there too, named Lemmy, Lake Erie Monster. So we're, we're I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah, Forrest Galante did a 
a thing on this recently, didn't he? Have you seen that? Well, there's one on Lemmy, and also Champ. There's like Champ, uh, Champlain um, has Champ. So mm, I, yeah. some of these deep bodies of water, it's either a great marketing or some of these dinosaurs have managed to to live. So we'll, we'll see. Um, marketing. Good marketing, I know. <laughs> All right, Dracula or Frankenstein? Dracula. Dracula. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare. Medium rare. Your favorite movie snack? Popcorn. Sweet popcorn. Chocolate. popcorn. Chocolate. All right, your favorite board game? Monopoly. Hate them all. <laughs> They're made for people to hate each other. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Excellent. Spielberg or Tarantino? Spielberg. Tarantino. Tarantino. All right. Your favorite Christmas gift? Given? As in, as in received? Mm-hmm. Given. Or received, oh, rather. Yeah. Re- favorite Christmas gift that you've received? Anything that my little boy's got me. Anything. I got my Marshall guitar amp, so that was pretty neat. All right. And last one of the uh, blast beats, your favorite scene from This is Spinal Tap. It goes up to 11. <laughs> what niche guitar is? Was it the guy with the dog watching the band? Is that that film? Oh, I think so, yeah. Not that bit then. I want to have the shows. <laughs> You guys ever get a chance to come over to Cleveland? There you go. Hello, Cleveland. You know you can do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Which when I saw Spinal Tap, when they played Cleveland, they did. You know, here comes, it comes out. Hello, Cleveland. I'm like, oh, the place just erupted. <laughs> um, best thing about Cleveland, Spinal Tap. Um, okay, this game is called the Hot Seat. I'm going to name a band, and I want you to tell me your favorite album by that band. This tends to make people squirm a little bit sometimes, but here we're going to throw it out to you. All right, Black Sabbath. Okay, we saw that, but that's cheating because it's a bit of a compilation. You can't say best of, mate. You can't say that. <laughs> best of, is it? Paranoid was named the album, right? Paranoid was named the first album. Black Sabbath was the first album. Paranoid was yeah, the second. Paranoid. Oh, so yeah. Paranoid. It came out in the same year, though. Yeah. yeah. Back they when bands put out two albums a year. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Kiss used to do. Every nine months, they were putting out a record. Kiss are them... the most under, one of the most underrated bands in the world. A bunch of Jewish guys who weren't allowed to play music went, do you know what? We'll go in disguise. And then we'll write songs about penises. Brilliant. Amazing. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> right. All right. Brilliant. Next one on the hot seat. Judas Priest. I, I I don't like Judas Priest. Sorry, I'm sorry. I know. I don't. I couldn't tell you a single Judas Priest album. I know Breaking the Law. That's it. There you go. That's a song. You're there. You're, you got a song down. That's not bad. <laughs> what was the other one? Turbo Lover. The Turbo Lover. Oh, Turbo. Yeah. Okay. Set. Is Living After Midnight a song or an album? That's a song. That's a song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's on Sad Wings of Destiny or no Point of Entry. Right. Which one shops at point of entry? I think point of entry. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. The Beatles. Come on now, guys. Your home, your home, 
home band. You got to know this one. Well, mine. <laughs> Not yours, Seb. That's right. You're a transplant. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really outraged here. I hate the Beatles. My old man is a massive Beatles fan, and I had it all the time. So I, I like Mr. Bulldog, the song, and I think the White Album, to be fair, there was going to be one, probably the one, but no, I'm not a Beatles fan at all. I think they were just they, they were the first band with really good PR, and that's how they got so big for me. Sorry. I'm, I'll I'm leave. Apologies for it. It's okay, man. Some good songs. I'm the Walrus. A good song. That's a good song. All right. album. Okay, uh, here's a band that maybe you may, we'll, we'll see now. Uh, Rush. And if you like Rush. Oh, yeah. Spirit, Spirit of the Radio. What a song. What a song. Yeah, Spirit song. of the Radio. Alex Lifeson's a god. Yeah, I'm trying to get him on the show. I've, I am desperately it's trying to get him on the show. I'll just cry. Yeah, Rush <laughs> is my favorite band. And Neil Peart was always my, my hero. Best of all time. Yeah, I would. I tried to. I played along to moving pictures. That's how I taught myself how to play. And so that'll be my crying episode. You know, and Alex Lyson shows up on that screen. I'll just start like bawling. Uh, you know, yeah, Montag will be curled up in a corner. He won't even realize. Yeah, I know. I'll be missing him. Like, no, I missed Alex. So, Alex, if you're out yeah. there, come on, dude. Heavy Metal Horror wants you. Um. Okay. Well, maybe. Uh. Okay. Here's one. Okay, I know Kirk's gonna know this one. Iron Maiden, another oh. great British metal band. You gotta know something about this, guys. Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, the album. Nice. What an album! That's what fantastic. an album! Yeah, first I, metal I, album I ever heard. That Still fantastic and live. Oh my god, it gives you chills. Yeah. They, they have I, I saw him at Donington in 1991, I think. Insane, absolutely insane. Yeah. Amazing, maiden. All right, Kirk. I know you're a metal guy. Uh, number the beast, probably for me. I think. There you go. Alabi. Sure. What a song! Yeah, what a yeah. song! Excellent, Seb. I was going to go with the same as Kirk. Nice. All right. How about uh, Testament? I figure Kirk knows you're into heavy rock, heavy metal. I like all the first three. I think practice what you preach, probably because he had some slow songs which were just amazing. So I think that was a bit of a turning point for him. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I like practice what you preach. I think that was, I I think that's because Alex Skolnick's gone over to jazz quite a lot, hasn't he? And he's had like a good sort of little turn to jazz. And I think that 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 album, you can definitely hear some influence coming through that. You can hear his playing turning a little bit. So he brought something a little bit different to that. And I thought, yeah, wicked. It's a good album. Mm-hmm. Great choice. Excellent. Okay, we're going to do two more. Slayer. Rain of Blood. There you go. Rain of Blood. Yeah. I, I'm going to pass. I can see Kirk's disgust already shaking his head at you. I went, to, <laughs> I went to a festival about seven years ago. Um, and Slayer was the only band where I thought of falling asleep. So, sorry, Slayer fans. That's like getting like, it's oh, like falling asleep and someone's bludging you about the head, you know, with a big iron bar. Yeah. Well, you know, well, Phil and Kirk, you're welcome to come back to the show. <laughs> it's nice meeting you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. We like what we like. 
you know, I can't imagine falling asleep at a Slayer show. I think you get trampled to death, but, um, you know. <clears throat> okay, and the last one. As Phil had mentioned earlier, it's one of the most underrated bands of all time. Kiss. Favorite Kiss album. Oh, what's the one with Love Gun on it? I can't remember the name of that album. It's called Love Gun. Yeah, <laughs> in that case, that album. That, Love Gun, the there you album. go. That yeah. yeah. It's a good album. I'm going to say the the most overrated band I've ever seen in my life. Awful. Awful. Yeah, if you know if if Dreadbull were here, he also does not like the Beatles and he really does not like Kiss. So he would be loving this moment. Because I grew up loving Kiss and wanting to be Gene Simmons. You know, that kind of propelled me into wanting to be you know into music. I just wanted to stick my tongue out and spit blood and wear dragon armor, you know. <laughs> it wasn't until I got a little older that I realized, oh, there are benefits to having a, an agile tongue and being in a band. I get it now. Thank you. Thank you, Gene Simmons. Um, have you seen those guys without makeup? Yeah. How many girls that, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a relationship, I'm a happy guy, I'm all right, you know, but how many girls that, that makeup and that music has got those guys looking the way that they look? That is the power of music. I don't know. <laughs> that is, it is, you know, right. Music is very powerful. That's true. Um, yeah, we got a lot of ugly people in metal. I'm not going to name any names, but um, yeah, that, that's an interesting point. All right. This game, uh, this is our last game we're going to play. This is called Name That Festival. Exit Out is playing a festival with two other bands. I'm going to spin the wheel of mystery to find these other two bands. Then I want you guys to name the festival that you're all playing at. All right. So I'm going to share my screen. Doesn't have to be a real festival. Just we're making it all up. We're making it up. So I'm going to, we're going to find what two other artists you are sharing with. So here we go. Here's the first one. Which artist is going to be sharing the stage with exit out and it is rod stewart oh very nice very nice so rod stewart and who could it be could be anybody oh oh it looks like that oh thomas dolby missed dead kennedys by that much thomas dolby and mick are in uh, rod stewart and exit, and out. exit out are playing a festival together. What is the name of that festival? It, it would have. It's going to have to be Glastonbury, isn't it? Because that's the only place that they'd have to get him on as a legend. You know, when he's not really easy, but yeah. So it, it'd have to be Glastonbury, wouldn't it? But that, well, you you're, you're can name the festival anything you want. That's all the right. Of the game. Okay. Right, um, you name the festival. What what festival are you going to call? The three of you guys are playing. What are you going to call that festival? Rose in Between Two Thorns Festival. Nice. Which, which one's the rose? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I like it. I like that. Okay, good. Uh, you know, we're, we're, this, this, we're all fans of other, other groups and other artists. Um, do any of you have like a favorite piece of memorabilia? Yeah, I do actually. Oh, it's here, mine. So this was, this is one of the original prints of a piece of artwork from Indifference. 
Very cool. So, yeah, so there was only, I think it was 50 prints of that. So, yeah, that's that's mine. And I also have something different tattooed on my chest. So, yeah, that's mine. All right, Seb, any uh, pieces of memorabilia, favorite? Um, no, not really. I do have the, uh, the stage thingy that you get from that gig I mentioned when I sang for that many people. Um, That's pretty good. Kept, kept, kept that, but other than that, I don't know. No. That's a memorable show. You know, you don't want to forget that one. How about you, Kirk? I think um, Silver Sun pickups. Um, I think you guys would have heard of them over there. Not so big over here, but uh, we luckily got to see them in Birmingham, a really, really intimate show. Um, and I got a drum drumstick and it was signed on the night with the date and everything on. Um, and th that's just a special thing for me, I think. You know, it was a really big thing for me to see that band. I've been wanting to see them for many, many years and then was, was there with like 30 other people. It, it was great. So final questions. Uh, I know we had, you had mentioned that you guys are working on a new album, which was cool. So what other plans do you have for the rest of this year? Uh, you got the new album coming out, new music. Um, are you planning a tour, doing something else? Uh, what else do you have going on? We've, got, we've only got two gigs booked at the moment, um, one in Dudley and one in Whitchurch. Um, that, that's all we've got planned at the moment. Um, hopefully there'll be a few more added to that towards the end of the year, the album again hopefully out this year we'll probably have a single and it's probably going to be a song called stay away um very nirvana tone to it um it's nearly done we just got to put the drums down which has been done on the 7th of june and that'll probably be a single on spotify and we'll get that out everywhere and follow it up with the album later in the year yeah we're gonna we're gonna try to get to download next year if we can maybe bloodstock aren't we we're gonna make a push for that um yeah, so gonna try to. I'm trying to sort out some gigs at the minute with a, a friend of mine. Has uh, just put together a new band. He's, re he's a really talented guy. They're called Six Letter Band, um, and we're gonna try to get some gigs put together with them. They're a little bit more, I guess, almost a little bit more new metal, really, than anything else. Um, but yeah, he's Marcus is really really talented guy. So um, that. I think we'll try and get that on there, but we're just going to get as many gigs in and, and sort of just hone our craft to think of it this year, aren't we? As a as a, a poor piece, because obviously I'm still relatively new. I think we're going to try and get that as tight as we can and get that order and get you know get the new sets into the new songs into the set, so we've got a, a longer set so we can play full gigs. And then I think next year we'll probably, I think Kirk will probably agree with that. We're going to try and sort of push to be actually the headline band in in some gigs, you know, and whatnot, and and push ourselves forward that way right that's great Wonderful. yeah mm -hmm. it's, you know you know, everyone starts you know um and that's that's how you do it man the more music you get out and i'm not sure what the scene is like in england as far as hearing original music but i there are a lot of small clubs um where we live in ohio northern ohio that often have have bands playing live original music and um and that's uh that's exciting. You know, I mean, cover bands are a diamond, 
a dozen around here too. Nothing wrong with that. You know, people like to go out and hear live music and they want to hear songs they know. But I like going out and hearing a, a band do original music. Um, is that kind of like the scene that you guys are finding as well? Um, in the UK, are there a lot of clubs that prefer to hear original music or do they prefer covers? Oh, do, you, do, you, do you want me to get this one, Kurt? Because obviously I'm on both sides of the fence on this, aren't I? So when, when I play in the covers band, it's so easy to get gigs. Right? It's so, so easy to get gigs. But what happened in England a few years back is, right, there's a big pub culture, obviously, in, in the UK. And uh, it's where a lot of the live music goes on. And because a lot of UK landlords are, are tight, sorry, tight, by tight, I mean, um, they don't like spending cash. Uh, they want everything for free. They ended up sort of hiring one man and an iPad type acts and called going at a gig. And I hate this. It's like, that's just the death of live music for me. That's just karaoke, you know? So weirdly, for I think for us, and certainly the gigs that I played with Exit Out, it's tend to, tended to be larger venues, actually, uh, where we played the live, where we played the original stuff. And I've played smaller venues in the... Uh, in the covers bands, but it's been easier to get those gigs. Uh, and to be fair, Kirk does like I'm going to try and help Kirk out with the with the obtaining of gigs at some point because uh, Kirk does it all at the minute, uh, which is fair play to him. Um, but I, I, I think I'm right in saying that it's probably hard, a lot harder to get a gig as an original band, and to get paid for it, pff, no chance. You know, no chance unless you're bringing over, you know, like vampires everywhere when we supported them or unto others. Unless you're bringing people in, you know, there's no chance you're going to get a pedal. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's worth mentioning we are a bit up north as well. It's a bit, it might be a bit easier in London, uh, from what I've heard. It's, uh, it's a bit easier for original bands to get paid gigs, but it's not, it's not about money, it's about having fun. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, I hope we're going to get a bit more gigs. Um, we are working uh, on, you know, using that connection of me being uh, from Poland. So we can try and look for gigs in there um, to, a, you know, a weekend out or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that's all to come. <clears throat> yeah, I'd be happy with a trip to Poland for a weekend. I'd be good with that. I'd be happy with that. Yes, that's that's a cool concept, you know, for us in the States, uh, having Europe next to you and all these countries that you can just just drive and hit. Bop, 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 bop. Um, that's that's really fascinating. That's kind of awesome. You know, we have to, although Canada's close, Mexico's pretty far away. But I guess it's like if you were coming over to the States, it'd be like going to different states. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of the mentality of the kind of the idea of it. You know, I mean, the, th the thing is, is I think I don't I think sometimes guys from america don't realize how small england actually is like england actually fits into texas eight times oh my gosh wow okay. yeah. so yeah it's, it's, it's tiny you know it's it's what from from top to bottom it's 450 miles that's it you know so it's nothing really but um yeah you know i think now that co the, the problem that that we kind of had with with touring and things like that is or a lot of bands have had with touring is because of Brexit as well 
you know, because there's been so much, I suppose, ambiguity about what you can and can't do as a band and about visas and, and that type of thing. So it's been really tough. Like I've got mates who tour and it's been a nightmare for them, you know. And they've lost out on some really serious money because they couldn't tour. You know, and every country that. has got so, different rules and, and they keep on changing as things happen with COVID. It's just, yeah. it, it's hard. The situation's fluid and it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can imagine how difficult it must be to to have any kind of sense of stability and planning what's going on. Yeah, I mean, you you had the same. I mean, you you had sort of like counties like, sorry, um, you had like states like Georgia, which was just pretty much open all the time, wasn't it? And then, you know, you went into the next state and it was shut and, you know, and so yours was, you know, you had 50 of them. You know? Right. So, you know, but um, yeah, it's, that, I mean, that, that's been, that's been a little bit difficult. And I think, I think at first people were so excited to get out and see a live band again that it was like i mean i i did my first show back with my other band and we we, we had 200 tickets for sale and we sold them within two days you know they just went that was it you know it was so easy uh, and and then it, it teetered off i think and people are okay well that you know that's out of the way so we don't need to do that anymore and i think um we're still it's still sort of trying to recover again and i, I know that i've done gigs um with my other band which you know we do get paid for and whatnot you know we get paid a, a relatively decent amount and we've done gigs from less just to help venues get back on feet a bit you know yeah um you know because i mean there's a there's a venue near me which is called grumpy bastard motorcycle club which is a in fact kirk kirk came to watch me play last time we played there and it's and it's an awesome venue it's like it's an old mo it's like a motorbike shop during the day like a workshop and then they get a it's cool and um and like venues like that should be preserved you know whereas i'm not bothered about you know restaurants you know or pubs that i've got a restaurant in and stuff i'm not bothered about stuff like that but proper proper music venues like you know like um i suppose like percy percy's cafe kirk and stuff like that you know they're they're, they're the ones that want to be preserved aren't they you know because they care about it yeah, I, I hope things get better, you know, for all of us and that we can all enjoy doing what we love and either playing out, going to see bands, you know, um, especially when you have a new album coming out and working on new music, you want to go out and play it. And uh, it's exciting to have new music, especially if people come to see you and they like you hearing new songs. That, that's exciting for them as well. Being able to buy a record from a band you like, nothing better than that, you know, having more music from, from those bands. So, um, no, I, I totally get it. So. Um, Guys, I want to thank you for showing up and, and for spending some time with us. And, and uh, I, I hope you had a good time. I hope, I hope that it was uh, entertaining. It was our first multiple, you know, panel interview. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I hope it was. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but I, I hope, uh, hope you guys had a good time. I enjoyed That's it good. a lot. Yeah. So it was a blast. Thank you. Oh, our, yeah, our pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Our pleasure. Yeah, would it be uh, would it be too much to ask you to do uh, do a bumper? You know, you could introduce yourselves. Um, of exit, you know, this is Phil Kirk and Zeb of Exit Out, and you're watching heavy metal horror, something like that. Would that be cool? Um, yeah. So. All right. I'll let, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you do whenever you're ready. Am I doing it first? Am I? Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. 
This is Bill from Exit Out, and you're watching Heavy Metal Horror. There you go, that's the best I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Seb, Kirk, did you guys want to join in that and all do it together, or are you cool with um, doing it? Can we do it together? We can do <laughs> Phil, Seb, and Kirk. Do you want to do it that way? I mean, we're cool with that one. So, however you want to do it, I mean, we're fine. Are we doing it together? Let's do it together, boys. Yeah, okay. So, we'll do uh, Phil, then Seb, then Kirk. Introduce yourselves. This is Phil. This is Seb. This is Kirk. Yeah. And I'll exit out. And then you can all say, and you're watching Heavy Metal Horror. Got it. All right. This is Phil. This is Seb. And this is Kirk. We're exit out, and you're watching Heavy Metal Horror. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Um, all right, we're going to do our commercial, and we're going to get out of here. And when we do our outro, we're going to invite you to bring up the horns and join us. You can find Heavy Metal Horror on UnsaneRadio.com. Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. On Instagram, look for Montag Lewis, one word. On our YouTube page, which is if you're watching, that's where you're at, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you, uh, we're now on Roku, Hotel Metal Jam. And if you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. This has been Montag, Master of Illusion. Chopped up. And the guys are from Exit Out. And you've been watching and listening to, all right, guys, bring up the horns. Well, heavy, heavy metal, metal horror. This is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs>